You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. This is Turn Knowledge to Profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. Now, here are your hosts for Turn Knowledge to Profit, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors, Janelle and Michael McCauley. Welcome, and thank you for joining us on Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm Janelle McCauley, and along with my co-host, Michael, each week we bring you the insights, ideas, and tools that you need to earn more, make a bigger impact, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. You're going to want to take notes, so grab a pen and paper, and let's get started. This week in our Business Builder segment, Michael and I will be talking about the secrets to creating a thriving six-figure business. That's up in a bit, but first, it's our success interview. And today, we're talking with author and eWomen Network member, David Medansky. David has a really interesting journey. He's recognized in the casino world as an authority on the game of craps, and he teaches others winning strategies through his book on that topic. But more recently, David realized that he needed to take his health seriously. Over the past year, he lost 50 pounds and is now healthier and happier than ever, and he's getting ready to publish his second book in the fall. This one focused on his weight loss journey. I know you're going to find this really an interesting conversation and how he's moved his business. I'm really excited about our conversation. Welcome, David. Thank you. So I'd love to start our conversation. I'd love for our listeners to hear from you just a little bit about um, how long you've been in business and how your business has evolved, because you've really changed what you're doing and a lot of your focus. If you could just share just a little bit about that with us, please. I'd be glad to. I started as a divorce attorney, and I haven't practiced since 2005. From there, I went to become a world-class expert on playing craps. And then last July, my doctor told me I needed to lose weight or find a new doctor because I had a 95% risk for a heart attack. So that began my weight loss journey to lose 50 pounds in four months. And I made it my mission to help others and assist others to um, overcome the challenges of their weight loss issues. I just feel it's my obligation and duty to do that at this point. So I'm doing that by writing a book called Discover Your Thinner Self, which will be released in January of 2018. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I know that um, I'm sure a lot of people have asked you, how did you do it? What, you know, why did you do it? You know, it's interesting because a lot of things in our life often come from those moments where, you know, we haven't been taking our se- care of ourselves. We haven't been doing that, that self-care and all of a sudden it's really kind of out of control and it sounds like that's the spot you were at. It was, and I had been on the roller coaster of losing weight, gaining weight. They call it the yo-yo diets. Mm-hmm. I had been um, 
saying, yeah, I'll take care of it tomorrow. I was a stubborn, hard-headed, typical male that I didn't need help. I'll just go to the gym and exercise more or I'll stop, you know, eating, you know. I just never took it seriously. But when my doctor told me um, where I was at, that began to take it seriously. So I actually went on his program, which is the HCG program. It's, it's an injection of a female hormone from pregnant women. And you're on 550 calories a day for six weeks. And people look at me like, how do you do that? But again, it was medically supervised. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was on maintenance for 1,250 calories a day. But my biggest thing was dealing with the mental, emotional, and psychological aspects of the weight loss. Uh, Most people don't realize, but the number one reason people gain weight and are overweight is because of stress. Hmm. Well, and, and stress really has an impact on on everything we do. And it's good that you, um, you know, you listen to your doctor because they very rarely get excited, but when they do and tell you you really need to do something, you really need to, to listen. Um, I thought it was interesting because so many of our entrepreneurs that we've interviewed on our Turn Knowledge to Profit podcast, their business, the way it is today, has really been born out of some sort of a, a change in their, their life and they get a real passion for what they're doing and really see an opportunity to help others, to share what they've learned. Um, and so many entrepreneurs really go through um, a lot of stress because they're trying to do things alone. They're trying to build their business. They're trying to figure it all out. Um, which is which is an interesting um, interesting in itself. It is, and what I try to educate people is: there's no magic wand, there's no magic pill, there's nothing you can do to reduce your weight and become healthy, other than doing it yourself. You cannot pay anybody a lot of money to exercise for you. You mm-hmm. cannot pay anybody money to eat properly for you, to drink enough water for you. It's something that you have to do for yourself. And as an entrepreneur, if you're making a lot of money, but you're not taking care of your health, you won't be able to enjoy, you know, the fruits of your labor, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, so tell me, so um, we just got back along with, and you did too, from the E-Women Network International Conference, which is phenomenal. And, you know, there are a lot of, you're in a social environment where you've got a lot of people that are eating and drinking and there's a lot of, you know, it's not quite so easy. It's not, you're not home. So how do you recommend people reduce their stress and take care of themselves when they're out of their daily environment? Because it's much harder to do. It is. It's just a matter of making choices. And we all have choices to make. So, for example, I chose not to um, indulge in alcoholic beverages. Um, I did have a glass of wine, but I limited it to one. Um, for the desserts, which were excellent, I just took a bite or two instead of eating the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the food was amazing. It was very good, very healthy. Um, even at the buffet, 
what I tell people is use a salad plate, take what you want, but don't go back for more. And mm-hmm. so that's what I did. Even that all-inclusive uh, resorts that my wife and I travel to, uh, she's just astounded that I will just take what I want and that's it, even though you can eat as much as you want. That doesn't mean you have to. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's interesting when you talk about making choices because I think we all have, in everything we do, we have a real opportunity to make choices to really, you know, to build our business, to grow our business, to, you know, go to networking, to do follow-up, to do all the different things that we do. And I think that we have a real opportunity to look at what serves us and what really doesn't serve us. And you know, we always, I hear a lot of people say, well, it was out of my control or I had to do it. You know what? We don't have to do anything. And I think once people start to own it, like you're talking about, it really makes a big difference to how you feel, the things you're able to do, and the impact that you're able to have. Uh, exactly. And like you mentioned, and like I said, it comes down to choices, and you have the right to make the decisions for yourself. And I try to teach people how to be polite and tactful in saying no, especially around holidays when people are preparing special meals for guests. You don't want to insult the host, but by the other hand, you want to make sure it doesn't impact on your weight loss journey and how mm-hmm. it affects you. So there's, you know, ways you can politely say thank you, but no thank you. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And I love the fact that you've taken, um, you know, what you've gone through and learned and actually turning it into a book so others can learn, so that others can use that information to be able to, you know, support them, you know, support themselves and get healthier. And it's really important for people to understand what stress does to their to their body and how it impacts them. For me, I always, um, and what I, what I used to teach was really listening to your body when you're under stress because when you are and you're aware of it, you can very quickly um, know what that feels like and then help you make better choices. Exactly. And, uh, you know, weight reduction is similar to businesses because, weight reduction success is planned and real sustained weight reduction takes planning just like business takes planning and be successful so you can either plan um, fail to plan and remain frustrated or you can formulate a plan to succeed so they're very similar in their concepts that's um, that's a, an interesting um, a very interesting way to put it and I absolutely agree so, so tell me, you know, now you you wrote the book on um, on gambling, and now you're writing on dieting, and they're very, very different topics. So, what's your secret, or what can you share with our listeners about writing a book? Because I talk to a lot of people that say they want to write a book, but they don't know how to get started. Well, actually, I wrote six books on playing craps and winning at it. And then I ventured into writing novels. And from there, I'm doing the weight reduction book. I I don't like using the word diet because it has a negative connotation. Mm -hmm. 
and it also diet is temporary. So mm-hmm. I try to advocate for a lifestyle change so that mm-hmm. it's permanent. Um, but getting started on writing a book is just doing that, getting started. Um, what I suggest for people, and I was taught this by another person, is if you're an expert in a field, write down 10 questions that people ask you the most and then take about eight minutes to answer each of those questions mm-hmm. and then write down 10 questions that people should ask you that they don't and write down the answers to those questions. Mm-hmm. And of course, this is for nonfiction books. Um, and that gives you the basis of writing a book. And from there you can fill in stories and you know other guidelines and, and other material. But that usually helps people get started on writing on the writing process. Mm-hmm. I use that quite a bit um, when I'm talking to people to figure out how to get their message out there. Um, the you know the ten questions you always get asked and answer those, and then the ten questions people should ask you but don't. That's really powerful to get real clarity on your communication and on your message. Exactly. So we need to take a real quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk just a little bit because I know one of the things you've done, which is really exciting, is as you've been writing your book, um, kind of documenting the process so you can help others learn how to do that. And I'd love to know more about that when we come back. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Today in our success interview, we're talking with David Medansky. He's an author, and he's got a real interesting journey, really doing something totally different from where he started. So if you missed the first half of our conversation, be sure to listen to that. And he also shared a great tip if you're thinking about um, writing a book. So be sure and go back and listen to the first part of our conversation if you missed it. Um, I'd like to make a little bit of a shift, David, and I know with with writing this book and self-publishing it, you've been documenting the whole process that you've been going through so that you can really turn it into um, a product and a service to help others who want to write a book. Can you talk a little bit about that? What led you to do that, and how has that process been? Well, how I got started is, I wanted to be a best-selling author, and then I took it to the next level and said I wanted to be a New York Times best-selling author. Mm-hmm. So that is one of the goals I'd like to accomplish. 
and I got an idea from the movie Silver Lining Playbook uh, with Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence. So I started taking notes, and I, I'm writing uh, as I go along, and I'm calling it the New York Times Bestseller Playbook. Hmm. And I'm documenting everything that I'm doing to market, promote, and sell the book because it's not just writing a book. It's also then selling it. Mm-hmm. And most people don't realize the hardest part is the marketing and promoting of the book, and that takes more time than actually writing it. Mm. Well, it's interesting because I think that whether someone's trying to market and promote a course that they've created or a program that they'd like to fill or an event that they'd like to fill, you're absolutely right. Marketing and promoting um, is is difficult to do, and but yet it's the one thing that's going to help really create that success. So what's something that you might be able to um, to share with our listeners, kind of being a big aha for you when it comes to marketing and promoting what you're doing? Well, one of the big aha moments came when I was listening to author of The Wealthy Barber, J- David uh, Chilton, and what he suggested was to go after corporate sales instead of individual sales because a lot of times corporations will buy your book or even your products in bulk if you mm-hmm. can you know, persuade them that it's beneficial to their employees or mm-hmm. to even their uh, customers. And so uh, that's a market that is missed by a lot of publishers and a lot of authors is they always focus on how can I sell through Amazon or Barnes & Noble or independent bookstores and they forget about the corporate market. Mm-hmm. Another area that they forget about is libraries. Libraries purchase a lot of books, and they're not aware how to get into selling to libraries and the process that has to be done. You just can't go into your local library and talk to the librarian and say, hey, I have this book. Would you like to buy it? Um, <laughs> they may want to, but there are people specifically in the library who will uh, procure uh, books and, and there's a whole procedure and process for it. So I'm learning a lot, and as I go along, I'm learning a lot of what I don't know. And mm-hmm. I think that's true with most businesses is that people get into it, they think they know a lot, but if they're actually moving the business along, they find out what they don't know. And then you have to learn how to do it or find somebody who can help you do it. Right, and I think that, um, as Sandra Yancey calls it, the unknown zone, um, I think it's really important. And I love the fact that it sounds like you're a lifelong learner, and I think that's so important. Um, oftentimes people are, are looking for their next certification and how to get more knowledge on their area of expertise, which I think is important, but I think it gets to a point where you really have to focus on learning the business skills, the things that you need, or partnering with people that can help you um, to to build those skills. Um, and and that- corporate market market is interesting. Um, I know at the eWoman Network conference, there was someone there talking about that corporate market, and I know there was a lot of buzz around that because I think there's a lot of interest, very um, untapped market. That's true. And what I like to tell people, 
I like to be a learn-it-all, not a know-it-all. But then I took <laughs> it a step further. Instead of being a learn-it-all, I take what I learn and put it into action. Because if you don't put into action what you learn, then it becomes worthless. And that mm-hmm. is what a lot of people do. They learn things, like you mentioned, getting another certification or another letter after, you know, a couple letters after the name. But if you don't utilize it, it doesn't become productive for you. Mm-hmm. That is so true. And I know I was talking to some people that just came back from the, the E-Women Network International Conference and really been challenging people to do the follow-up. You know, we go to, to trainings, we go to conferences, we go to different types of events, and then we come back and we're tired. And I get it, you know, after a week, I'm tired too. But I think it's really important to get into action. We don't need more shelf help, we need more self-help. So I always tell people when they're teaching, when they're doing trainings, to make sure that you're really translating it into actionable steps and items. Um, We give people too much information, they get overwhelmed and do nothing, but really give it to people in a way that they can say, I I see how I can use that. You know, that's really going to help take me to where I want to go, not just more information. We don't need more of that. Exactly, and I would even take it a step further. Um, E-Women Conference was amazing, and the women entrepreneur are, are um, fantastic women. And I would tell people, if someone has something to offer you, pay them. They're worth it. Don't try to get something for nothing, because if you're willing to pay for their services, it'll come back tenfold for you. I think that's so important that you're willing to um, not only share information, but also get paid for your knowledge, too. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. That's interesting you say that because I've been hearing people lately talk about the energy of money, um, and I think it's really important to understand that, you know, if you want people to give it to you at at no cost or a very discounted price, yet you expect your clients to pay the full price. It's it's out of um, it, it. Just there's there's not a an alignment there. And I think if you want to ask someone to pay for your coaching or for what you're offering, then you need to be willing to do that and have done that for others in order to really be in integrity and ask for it. Yes, and uh, Sandra had a short video of Oprah talking about um, Newton's third law. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And so what you put out to the universe will come back to you the same way. And that was a very powerful message for me to hear. Mm, That is um, very powerful. Yeah, it's true. I was talking to someone... um, just uh, yesterday, and it's interesting because I think so often we get a real clear vision of where we want to go or where things are supposed to go. And what I've learned at this age and stage in life, and I guess age has its, has its wisdom in many cases, that, you know, we often don't know the possibility. I'm doing things today that I never dreamed possible because of just being 
open and being willing to see what's out there and let go of where I thought things had to go. And because of that, it's opened so many doors and so many possibilities. And, you know, I invite others to really take a step back and think about, you know, we don't know everything. You talked earlier, you know, about, you know, you don't know what you don't know, that unknown zone. And I think people really need to um, just be open and you know, wonder why that person sat next to them or know, you know, that things come, come in front of them for a reason. Oftentimes we discount them very quickly and we miss the pure gold. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. And um, so often I'll be talking to somebody and they'll say something and it'll resonate with me. And a lot of times I'll just give a little bit of information that to me, I, I think everybody knows, and then I find out they weren't aware of it, and they're very appreciative of how it can help them. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's a two-way street, and business is, is very similar in that way, that it should be a win-win situation instead of what's in it for me. Um, I try to look at it as what's in it for both parties um, mm-hmm. to succeed. I agree with that so much. I believe the more you give, the more you get. Um, There is so much out there, and everyone receives information and what they have differently. So I believe the more that we share, that doesn't mean you give away everything for free, but there's a lot that we can share that I think sometimes we hold too close to the vest. And we, you know, people are afraid to share it because they're afraid someone's going to use it and it's going to leave less for them. And I, I think the more you give, then things just, it opens up the the space for things to come back to you in ways that you never could have anticipated. Right. And what I found interesting is I offered to help several people to learn how to do their copyright, how to get with a publisher, how to use create space. And they looked at me and they said, well, what do you charge? And I said, nothing. And they're like, you're kidding. I said, well, no, I want to help you avoid the mistakes that I made. It it really doesn't cost me anything to share that information. And if I can save somebody money and and time and aggravation, I'm happy Mm -hmm. to do so. And they were just kind of dumbfounded, like, wow, somebody's willing to do that? And of course I am. Now, i probably hurting some other people who charge a lot of money for those services, but I don't look at it that way. I look at how can I help and assist other people. Right. No, I I absolutely um, agree. You know, and and I know that, and I think we need to believe um, as individuals that we're creative and just feel confident that another idea is going to replace the one that you just gave away. Um, And if you can give, you know, what I find is when you give to someone, then they want to know how they can support you. So it comes back in ways that you would um, never, ever anticipate. So how can our listeners connect with you and learn more about you and make sure that they find out about your book when it's coming out? They can go to two different websites. Uh, One is called discoveryourthinnerself.com. And that's an opt-in page where they can get a free report on myths of uh, weight loss and Mm -hmm. questions you need to ask before you start any weight loss program. 
The other site is beyondlosingweight.com, and that's a blog site where I put up a lot of information and free content for people with tips on weight reduction. Perfect. Um, and hopefully once you get your, your book published and then really get all of this other information um, together on marketing and promoting a book, I know there's going to be a huge market for that. So thank you very much. Can you share with our listeners just one piece of advice that you think will help them build and grow their business? Uh, yes, I encourage them to learn about as much about marketing and being innovative and thinking outside of the box as possible, such as doing short videos or create an online course, um, learn how to become a keynote speaker, even write their own book or books to assist others. And that also helps with credibility and helps you become an expert in your field. And, and that is absolutely really important, and, and thank you for sharing that. So hopefully some of our listeners will connect with you to learn how to do that. And if any of our listeners have questions on how to create products, programs, or services, we'd love to help you do that too at Turn Knowledge to Profit. Thank you so much for your time and sharing today, David. Thank you, and I appreciate the opportunity of being a guest. Oh, our pleasure. We need to take another real quick break, and when we come back, it's our business builder, so stay tuned. This is John L. McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Michael McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm here with Janelle, 
And in our Business Builder segment today, we're going to be talking about how to create a six-figure income. I'm really excited about today's Business Builder because this is a topic that a lot of speakers, authors, and coaches are asking about. And I can't wait to hear what you've got to share, Michael. Yeah, it is a really interesting topic. And, you know, what's happened is that the sort of the six-figure income has kind of been the become the benchmark for successful business. And, um, you know, but interestingly, uh, there was a recent study that found professional coaches make on average just over $42,000 a year. So that's a pretty far cry from that six-figure $100,000 mark. Why do you think that so many people are looking for the 100000 if they're only making 42000 That's a big gap. What can they do? Well, it is a huge gap, you know, and um, I think a lot of it is because when coaches start their business, they're typically charging by the hour. There's typically a one-on-one -on -one coaching, uh, hourly coaching. And, you know, you can do the math. Let's just, you know, some simple math. Um, let's assume you're charging $150 an hour, which for some of those, uh, some of the folks listening may seem like a stretch, but let's assume, <clears throat> let's assume it's $150 an hour and that a, th a third of your hours are billable. Now, and, and that may be a stretch as well because that's about 50 billable hours per month. That's quite a bit. Um, and if you do that all year long, the total revenue will be $99,900, so just under the $100,000 mark. So, so even with those very aggressive numbers, um, it's still difficult to get to $100,000. And so you really only have a couple of choices if you're following that model. You can either raise your hourly rate or you can bill more hours. Um, neither one of those is really a, a good alternative. Um, so. So really, what can you do? Well, if you look at the really successful coaches, uh, coaches like Lisa Sasevich or Bob Proctor or uh, Louise Hay or John Asroff or even a Tony Robbins, or even if you look at eWomen Network Sandra Yancey, they typically don't coach by the hour. Now, they may have an hourly rate that they coach uh, in select situations, but that's really not their bread and butter. That's not where they make their money. What they do is they leverage themselves and their knowledge through products. Um, they, they lead workshops, they have mastermind groups, they hold live events, they conduct online courses, they do all sorts of things beyond that one-on-one -on -one coaching model. And each of them will have their particular mix of those products. Um, they're not all exactly the same. Part of it depends on what really gets them going, what really they're passionate about. Are they passionate about doing small group coaching? Are they more passionate about speaking from the stage? Um, are they more passionate about doing masterminds where they go really deep with clients? Uh, you know, it really just depends on them. But if you look at each of those people or really any successful coach, what you'll find is they have a whole series of products that they can, can rely on. Um, so if you look even at like a Tony Robbins, for example, you can buy his message uh, in live events. You can buy it on CD. You can download it uh, from his site. Uh, you can do masterminds with him. There's just a whole series of things you can do with him um, and, and get 
access to him? Well, I think it's really important. You mentioned a couple of things. One of them is finding out what you're really passionate about. Because I know you and I have had a number of conversations with successful coaches, authors, and speakers recently, and they all talk about that passion, finding out what they really love doing, because that's where you really want to stay in your genius zone, as in your expertise, versus trying to do everything. And while you want to have that financial model to get to where you want to go, it's got to be and include the things that you love doing. Because if you're only doing things and giving up what you're really passionate about, you tend to lose that excitement and energy. So I think one of the first things is figuring out what you love doing and then look at what are some of the gaps? What are some of the areas that you might be able to fill in? And I love what you do, Michael, when you're working with people is really looking at ways that they can leverage their products, repurpose them and use something they've got and build on it. So very quickly they can start to get revenue and increase their product breath. You know, I was listening to a, um, a interview uh, with Steve Jobs, uh, obviously done a few years ago, but um, he had something really great to say along that same line, you know, and that was uh, somebody asked him about, um, uh, about how he decided what he was going to do. And he said it was all about passion. And uh, his reasoning was something like, you know, um, being an entrepreneur is really, really hard. And there's really long hours and there's really hard work and there's a lot of disappointment. And if you're not passionate about what you're doing, you'll give up. And it was his view that a lot of the entrepreneurs that gave up before they were successful, they gave up because they were doing something they just weren't passionate about. And so they didn't persevere. They didn't keep going. They didn't do the hard work. They didn't fight through the disappointment. And so I think you're absolutely right. It's all about what you're passionate about. Um, you know, a few years ago, you and I, we were in a mastermind and, and we, we learned so much in that mastermind. But one of the things that we learned was that the model for generating revenue that the coach that was leading the mastermind taught was speaking from the stage. And as we got more into it, we realized that it, that just wasn't where our passion was. Nothing wrong with the model. It was a great model, it worked fantastic for her, worked for a number of the people that were in the mastermind. But for us personally, it just wasn't the model we wanted to follow. Now we still got lots and lots of great information. We got lots of, we learned a lot. We met lots of great people. We really moved our business ahead a long ways by being part of that mastermind. But um, we found out that that just wasn't our passion. Um, and I think that's an important part of it as well. An important part of building the six figure income is really trying a lot of different things and seeing what you like. No, I agree with that. And it's also about understanding that you don't have to have everything in your funnel. You don't have to have all of the offerings. You can really pick what works for you and really customize it. That's the beauty of doing this. Right. And, and it's, you know, as you build that out, it's really all based on the same 
information. It's based on the same message that you have. Again, if you go back to like a Tony Robbins, who's, who's well known in the industry, if you look at all his different products, they all teach the same core message. Whether you're at his events live, you're doing it on CD, you're downloading it, you're going to his group seminars, you're going to his masterminds, it's all based on the same message, his core message. It's just delivered in different ways to different people because some people resonate with it in different ways. Some people love to go to live events, some people don't. Others like to learn it on their own time and when in their own home, others don't. So what he's done, which is just really genius, is he's taken his knowledge, he's packaged that up in a number of different ways for different audiences and, and really grown a business around that same message. So how do successful coaches grow their business and expand their products? Well, that's a great question. You know, first, I really believe you have to have a plan. You have to have goals. Um, you really have to know where you're going and, and how you're going to get there. Um, not to say that that won't change over time, but at least you have to have some kind of plan in place. So what we do is when we work with coaches, speakers, and authors is we help them create that strategic plan. We, we call it a product roadmap for their business. So they really can see what are they passionate about, what are their clients asking for, and what are their clients need, and what products do they already have that might fill those needs, and where are the holes. So once they have that strategy in place, then they really need to look at you know, what are the fastest, least expensive ways that they can get to a full range of products and services? And again, it really is about leveraging and repackaging that same message that's at the core of whatever your business is. Um, it, it may be taking that uh, live training that you do and packaging that same training up as a multi-part uh, webinar. It may be taking that same training and then repackaging it as a mastermind or multi-day retreat. It may be taking that same message and then packaging it again into a small group uh, training session. So, you know, really it's about what, where do you want to go and, and then how are you going to get there by leveraging the message that you have. And once you start to leverage that message out, you, you also leverage out through a much, much bigger audience and much, much bigger revenues. Well, you've given us a lot of great ideas to think about today. And I challenge all of our listeners to really look at where they are with their product strategy. Do they have a full range of products? Are there some areas that they'd like to add some products in? And if you go to Facebook, to our Turn Knowledge to Profit page, let us know what's the next product you're gonna be working on and let us know what products you have so we can go and check them out. I also really wanna invite anyone who's interested in learning more to email Michael at TK the number 2p.com, tk2p.com. He'll offer us a complimentary strategy session just so you can learn about what are some of your options. But go to Facebook, turn knowledge to profit, share what your products are, 
and have fun creating. You know, this has really been a great conversation. I want to thank all of you for joining us today on Turn Knowledge to Profit. Again, I want to remind you to visit our Turn Knowledge to Profit page on Facebook and share your questions, your insights, and your ahas. And also share one action you're going to take in the next week to turn your knowledge into profit. If you have an idea for a future show, be sure to email me at michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk2p.com. Have a wonderful and profitable week. Turn knowledge to profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream about. Join us each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the EWN Radio Network. To download this week's show, listen to past shows, or learn how to be a guest on the show, visit TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com. Past shows are also available at EWNRadioNetwork.com and through iTunes and Stitcher. Until next time, remember, great companies are built around great products. Leverage your knowledge to live the life of your dreams. Let's continue the conversation and turn your knowledge into profits.